Our next guest in the breakout room is part of a husband and wife, award-winning authors, poets, musicians, artists, radio hosts, and lovers. Also owners of the Brummett Media Group. Her name is Lillian Brummett. Here is Lillian and her husband, Dave. They have written six books together, including Rhythm and Rhyme, Trash Talk Book 1 and Book 2. And Lillian has written Towards Understanding, edited by Dave. So you may have seen this space hanging out on the Opinionated Podcast. Or being in his favorite trunk. So, let's welcome this talented and enterprising media specialist, Lillian Bromit. Okay, great. So, we're going to go live now. Well, when I say live, I mean we're going to actually start. Um, the interview now so um folks we just want to welcome lillian bromit to our podcast in the breakout room on andy's personal development and this is our second bite at the cherry so to speak because the first time on melon we had some challenges that's the way technology is sometimes but lillian has been very forthcoming and she's back here to represent uh bromit industries or Brummett media group rather with regards to the things that they have done in the past what was their inspiration and when i say they i mean she and dave her husband and the things that they are looking to accomplish going into the future with regards to the Brummett media group so lillian what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to start off this episode by telling us a bit about yourself okay and how you met Dave and how you basically decided to start Brummett Media Group. Okay. Um, well, I'm 53, going on 54. Uh-huh. And my husband's, I think, 56, going on 57, something like that. You think? I think. I mean, I'd have to do the math and then I got to haul out all my <laughs> okay. fingers and toes, That's right? Okay. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I have to guess at my own age sometimes. Okay. At this point of the life. Um, yeah, but we live in our dream location, which uh, is the Kootenai region of BC, Canada. Right. My husband was born and raised in the Okanagan region of Canada, where his father was also raised. Okay. From, I think about, so I'm thinking about six or seven years old and on. So his family has deep roots in that, connect, in that area. Mm-hmm. I happened to move to that area when I was about 17 or 18-ish. And I ended up meeting Dave around 1920. We started dating then very seriously. We've been together ever since. So as of this April, we would have been together 33 years. Yeah. And yes, I remember that number. <laughs> All right. Good. Congratulations. Only because I recently talked about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes. Um, and uh, we, like I say, we live in our dream location, but it took some time getting here. We had to come to the mindset of not living for tomorrow, waiting for those golden years, those golden moments, because we realized we had some life happenings 
that brought the awareness to us that right now, today, this moment, this breath is the golden moment. Nothing is yeah. guaranteed for tomorrow. So yeah. we stopped doing that. I mean, of course, we still plan for tomorrow and we still want to grow our business and, you know, bloom and all of that. But we decided instead of waiting for the retirement years to live where we really wanted to live, we just sold everything. We went, you know, and it's been an incredible journey ever since for my husband and I. Uh, we started the business. Really, Dave started the business back in, gosh, he was the very, very early stages of testing mm -hmm. out the waters of different products yeah. and services yeah. was back in 92, 1992. But we didn't officially start at the business until about 99 when both of us merged our works together under one yeah. roof, under one okay. umbrella name. Yeah. And it's developed since then. Uh, you know, it started out with like freelance writing and and going on tours with workshops and various activities like that, custom work on uh, custom manufacturing of drums and a variety of other things. And today we're mainly focusing on drum teaching and drum uh, repairs and in the studio downstairs. And then on the other side of the business, we have our books on Amazon. There's six books now. Yeah. There'll be three more coming out this year, one more right. next year. Uh, we have our two blogs, we have our YouTube channel and yeah. a variety of things that are leading towards our five-year plan. But we're also living today right now. So we're making right. that a priority. Yeah, yeah, that's so very important. Thanks for sharing, living in the moment and dealing with the reality of it, extremely important. So yes. Lillian, tell us a bit about the Brummet Conscious blog. Um, it says it focuses on inspiring positive and proactive topics, offering a fresh outlook on the world. Give us a little more detail about that, please. Okay, now this is one of my favorite tools of all, all right. time, like all one right. of my favorite activities. Um, the, the Bremit's Conscious blog has been going strong daily mm -hmm. yeah. since 2002. Okay. So I think that's what, 18, 19 years? You can have to do the math yeah, for me. I'm terrible at it. Yeah, it's yeah. Something like that. So it's been going for a really long time on a daily basis. And right. we offer all kinds of information there because of that. So we have articles and interviews with a variety of people like yourself, podcast mm -hmm. hosts. We have interviews with like authors and publishers and agents and uh, entrepreneurs yeah. and we offer all kinds of articles and really helpful resources. Okay. The main focus, as you say, is to create a positive change in the world through empowering, inspiring, and motivating others. So we're right. showing, we're showing them how to go about being a more successful entrepreneur and getting their mm -hmm. beautiful skills and their beautiful services out there to the world and, you know, helping them reach a wider audience by allowing them to come onto the blog and share their their tips and stuff through their articles and and what have you different features that we do we also are helping the people who are coming behind like kind yeah. of being a mentor right yeah. so people that are interested in being an author or being an entrepreneur or running a blog or a podcast can come on and they can read all these different articles and interviews and learn more about what they're going to be facing and maybe some tips that will help them improve yeah. what they're already yeah. doing which right. is really important because there's so many people out there that end up getting overwhelmed by the whole process, the amount of work, the intense work that they maybe weren't mm -hmm. aware mm -hmm. of that yeah. goes behind yeah. these kinds of things. Yeah. And then, um, so they, they end up becoming underwhelmed by the, okay. the results, right? Yes. And they yeah. start thinking like, oh, and they start getting depressed. <laughs> they can't 
they're they're uh you know usually the honeymoon periods about six months to nine periods where you're mm -hmm. all excited and gung-ho and then yeah. you know you start getting a little bit mm -hmm. downtrodden yeah. right yeah. so this this helps them keep going motivates them to keep going and shows them ways of like overcoming their obstacles and challenges it's so exciting for me i absolutely love working that blog yeah, wonderful. I can hear the passion. Thanks for sharing that excitement with us. It really must feel good. So let's go into the writing a bit. You have six books and you just hinted that there may be more on the horizon. What created the passion for writing six books? Where did the inspiration come from, Lillian? No, it started right back in the early days of writing. I had uh -huh. the incredible luck of having my very first article picked up as a column. Okay. And it was uh, titled Trash Talk, uh, right. which is talking about trash and recycling <laughs> and reusing yes, and repurposing yes, and yes. refusing and reconsidering and, and yeah. about eight other R's. There's a lot of R's before right. heading to the landfill, right? So we, yeah. we cover all of those R's in that column and it got picked up internationally. So it was published, you know, Africa and France and various places in in yeah, the uk yeah, and europe yeah. and canada and the states so had lots of and it ran for about six or seven years before it evolved into a book okay. now that series led us to the idea that hey like we already kind of had the concept the idea that mm -hmm. we wanted to use writing as a mm -hmm. way for us to be proactive and leave a positive legacy right but we didn't know exactly what direction that was where that was going to go what that right. meant yeah yeah and this was the start of that because of the feedback we were getting from people about they were starting to get really excited about living green and also the green activities they were already doing mm -hmm. the conscious choices that they were already making because they realized you know they were shown the measurable impact of those yeah. actions yeah. and they didn't which they didn't realize and so they were like oh i'm going to double down now because i'm all excited <laughs> right so it was really good you know sensation coming out of that we realized how easy it is to mm -hmm. make a difference to create positive change with these little mist droplets out yeah. there in the world creating yeah. a ripple and um and so that was where we really went uh soon after that i ended up becoming a staff writer, assignment writer, and a freelance writer almost all at once. Like, and I wow. did that for about three yeah. years. So I worked okay. for a publication. Mm -hmm. I was doing the column as well. And I was doing these other positions. So assignment writer is like when a publication calls you, yeah. like you're on call. And they okay. say, hey, this is happening. There's a meeting downtown we want you to cover. Can you do it? That's an assignment writer. Okay. Right, right. So a staff writer is you're on staff and people are just saying, this is what I want you to do, period. Uh -huh. And you don't get a choice. Like you have to write whatever they're <laughs> yeah, telling you, yeah, which yeah. In, so, in some ways sucked and in other ways really challenged me as a writer to really come okay. up with creative and enjoyable ways of producing that material. Um, and so all of those led up to that because uh, as an assignment writer, I would get told, hey, you know, there's this, uh, there's this organization that's rehabilitating and rejuvenating wolf populations. Can you mm -hmm. go do an interview with them? Okay. I mean, yeah, you yes, know, and yes. then, you know, <laughs> go check out this family run mm -hmm. mushroom grower who's um, growing things like shiitake and oyster and all these different kinds of um, mushrooms. Yeah. And then they are part of like a distribution box type thing where it gets delivered to people's homes. Okay. And so I had, I got to interview them and, and like all kinds of really interesting, you know, people. And so by right, sharing right. their stories, I found that it uplifted them. 
they all of a sudden felt like what they were doing had more value. It had worth. It was recognized, you know, and it boosted them. And uh, just the impact you can have on so many different levels as a writer. And I guess that's really where it stemmed from. I became addicted to that feeling mm. and I, I searched it out and yep. it led yeah. to where we are now. Yeah. And okay. I, when I say I, I always mean Dave and I, of course. Right? Of course, yeah. definitely. <laughs> that's understood. Okay. And, <laughs> and you were you were recognized by the Recycling Council of British Columbia. And how good would have that, you know, that would have felt, I mean, in terms of that kind of impact uh, from the organization that was basically responsible for the process of recycling in uh, BC. That must exactly. have felt really good. Yeah, the entire province of BC, yes. which is huge, right? It's the yes. size of what, California, Nevada, ah, Idaho. Something like, like that. Like it's huge, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> it still is. You know, I got this, uh, it came with, it's not upstairs here, otherwise I'd show it to you, but it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a stained glass uh, made out of recycled glass. And it's okay. like a glass of word with it etched on there. Right. Um, it says something along the lines of for outstanding work in the media. Uh, regarding um, creating positive change for waste management. And I was yeah. just blown away by even being nominated right. for the award yeah. in the first place. But yeah. to receive the award from them was just um, like, we were just talking how, you know, interviewing someone and how that made them feel yeah. like they had more value and more worth. Right. It's the exact same right. thing that happened to me. I okay. felt so uplifted and... Um, it gave me a lot more faith as my, uh, in myself as a writer. Mm -hmm. It was one of those moments among many others that sort of kept me going during even the darkest times or okay. when I was my inner critic and my mm -hmm. inner judge was a going and yeah. telling me, yeah. you know, I wasn't worthy and this book wasn't going to be good enough out in the market or whatever. And, you know, all those horrible voices that just cycle in the head. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I would look back on moments like that. And that would give me the strength to move forward because it was like, no, I, I can see, I understand. I'm just, you know, I'm creating my own negative dialogue. I need to shut that off and just yeah, move forward. Yeah. Right. Yes. And yeah, it's, it's helped me multiple times, not just the Excellent. one moment of receiving it. Yeah. All right. Great. Wonderful. Sounds really good. And staying in that note, you have also been recognized as community heroes by the Live Smart BC program. Yes. Uh, that's another thing that a whole lot of people seem to gravitate to in terms of just being involved in community development work. What is that about? Tell us a bit about your involvement there and the recognition you got uh, by the Live Smart BC program. You know, we got that right at the same time as we got the one from that literacy organization too. And yeah. it was all about us having this huge passion for making a difference. Yeah. And so, you know, through our proactive work as writers, but also through the other activities that we were doing at the time, I was a radio show host okay. and I was receiving all of these books all the time, unsolicited, most of them. And mm -hmm. so I would end up having like, you know, 700 books a year stacked, yeah. you know, there. I read, sorry for my dogs, they're playing in the background. I read um, every single one of them, of course, and, and did my best with them. But I also was able to donate them back into like the literacy groups and okay. uh, fund various fundraisers and leave a book under every tree. I also was um, participating in Saving Seeds from Extinction Forever. Uh, uh -huh. I was a part of the Seeds of Diversity organization. Well, I am part of the Seeds of Diversity organization, but at the time, I was. You guys, stop it. 
at the time. <laughs> I was uh, deeply involved in like grow out programs uh -huh. and, you know, saving seeds from extinction was a real passion of mine at the time. Yeah. And there was a variety of, you know, projects that we were getting involved in, in the community, in that city that we're getting like media coverage okay and okay. somehow through that uh, we end up getting nominated for that particular award and received it it was fantastic we got a lot of coverage we were on yeah. radio because of it they mm -hmm. had us in that, that radio station talking about the um getting getting it and everything it was really cool <laughs> nice nice sounds good wonderful so um also, Lillian, you attained Editor's Choice Awards for Outstanding Achievement in Poetry on two occasions. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that as well. Okay, well, my first book of poetry concentrates on um, the healing journey between yeah. about the ages of, um, I'm going to say 18 to maybe 25. Okay. And it's called Towards Understanding, and it's a collection of 125 poems that show that journey. So. It's um, delving deep into what the uh, the victim of violence, the victim of abuse, the victim of neglect, mm -hmm. uh, children who have been on their own, too young people, children who were forced into being caregivers, yeah, and and taking on adult jobs when they, you know, they're not built for that yet. Yeah, wow. And so wow. it fits in that category and shows the healing journey from that, the inner dialogue. The challenges that I was going through and I am um, through releasing that out we found that there was a lot of impact on people in various areas like such as victims of violence and mm -hmm. you know the uh, silent screaming organization yeah. and various other organizations who uh, began really embracing the book for that reason yeah. Yeah. and celebrating it because uh, for some reason it just really connected with people who worked okay. in the industry or mm -hmm. who knew someone that was going through that. Yeah. And so that's where that started to come about where they were saying, you know, the, the healing power of poetry, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not just writing it, yeah. but releasing it out to the public and sharing yeah. your story, which is a very raw and naked and uh, uh, brutal brutally emotional time thing to do, especially the first time. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was so well embraced. And that's that was one of the awards that we got from that. The second one came from the quality of poetry. So as okay. I was producing more and more poetry, I got awarded for like the like standard of poetry that, you know, okay. oh, this okay. is like gold star kind of thing. Ah, so right, right, you know, right. that was a nice one, too. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So tell us a bit about Dave and, and his passion for drumming that level of percussion and the stuff that he does uh in angle hill studios that's right yes that's right yeah angle yeah. hill studio because we live on a hilly area of town. oh okay okay all right that's <laughs> and cool. it's actually located in the lower half of our home okay. they have their own entrance their own bathroom everything and um, their own waiting area and everything yeah and uh, so what he has there, we've actually, when we bought this house, we, mm -hmm. we had to, uh, the basement wasn't finished. So we've oh, refinished okay. the basement with this in mind. Mm -hmm. The garage was a carport. We turned it into a garage and we extended it and added a workshop as well so right. that he can do his repairs out there, the staining and painting and all kinds of repairs out there. And then he has his teaching studio as yeah. well. So yeah. it's all in the same sort of area, zone of the house. So what he does is he offers uh, private 
private workshops. So families, people who mm -hmm. have company coming from out of town, looking for something to do, yeah. groups of friends that are interested in a certain type of music or what have you, or a certain okay. type of, you know, percussion instrument. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll come and they'll book, you know, their hour or two and have a workshop down there. He also does uh, individual student lessons on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights. Mm -hmm. He usually has two or three students a night, and that's after he works his day job. So he's a busy guy. And um, he's also part of the band called Tantrum, and they have uh, gigs two to three times a month. Uh -huh. uh, I think this month was only once, but it's usually two to three times a month. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, he's very busy with all these different things in music. But one of his favorite aspects of it is, you know, sharing the joy of music, okay. helping others feel that joy mm -hmm. and get away mm -hmm. from the darkness of their lives. Even if mm -hmm. it's just for that moment, that hour, that evening, they get away from that. They're thinking about music, they're celebrating, they're dancing, yeah. they're learning, um, they're, they're feeling good about themselves, they're achieving things. And he sees that in his students and both the people who are, you know, listening to them as a performer. And he really relishes making that, having that kind of impact, bringing joy into the world. He also have an, has an off-branch service, which is called Drum It Forward Project. Mm -hmm, yeah. And that's where he takes all kinds of abused bits and pieces of drums that he gets from other people or from his, you know, drum repair projects or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, parts that he's replaced or something. And then he tries to repair that part. And eventually he has enough bits and parts and pieces and he goes to places like schools or mm -hmm. he helps underprivileged students or classes or organizations that teach music. He goes in there and he ha hauls out their boxes of pieces and parts and goes through their closets and he builds entire kits and things out of them. There was a, um, wow, wow. a, a high school that he did about three years ago, I think in Caslow. I could be wrong. Uh, I think it was Caslow. And uh, he was able to, in their shelves, they had all of these parts for an entire drum kit, but they didn't know yeah. it because it was all separated. Okay. Oh. And so with his parts and pieces, he was able to make it a, a beautiful instrument, a playable instrument. And he also put together a pair of timbales and a conga yeah. set yeah. that they had yeah. that were broken in, in pieces. <laughs> and I think wow. there was something else. I can't remember that they didn't even know was in their room. They had no okay. idea. And he wow. put these things together and now they're out in the music room for these kids, uh, youth to play. And, you know, that really gives them a buzz too. Yeah. It's sort of a periodic thing because you have to wait till you have enough material mm -hmm. to go and do yeah. a place. Yeah. And yeah. quite often, when he is, you know, because of the work he does, he's exposed to underprivileged students. Right. So there's a lot of silent stuff, stuff that doesn't happen in the media. We don't announce or whatever, mm -hmm. because he's out there helping out these underprivileged families, getting their instruments working and okay. fixed and okay. repaired. So he does that on a volunteer basis. Yeah, great. Um, what impresses me the most, Lillian, is that both you guys seem to have a way to connect with your communities and people through your, your fortes and your strengths and the things that you are really competent at doing. Um, you use poetry and the writing to reach out to people, the blog to reach out to people on a real basis. So it's not just material and content going out there, but it's like a connection, building mm -hmm. and developing a relationship so that people could resonate with the stuff that you're doing. And then David is music and the drums and the repairs of the kits and stuff always working with the underprivileged and it, it, it's it's amazing it's truly it's truly awesome we need more folks like Thank you, you. <laughs> in the world today i want to focus a bit on the the publishing of a trilogy 
celebrating mm -hmm. Dave's late father's lifetime collection of poetry, short story, family memoir, and photographic works. Tell us a bit about that. It, it sounds like something to look forward to. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you said that. Yeah, it absolutely is something to look yeah. forward to. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, the the book, okay, it, Dave Slate, the father passed away in 2016, uh -huh. I think it right. was, and we were yeah. caregiving for him for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And during that time, we were able to really encourage him to pursue the writing he was already doing. And okay. um, he's, he started submitting more frequently to magazines. He was getting published. He was getting paid for it. He was appearing in open mic, you know, mm -hmm. events. He was attending Toastmasters. Wow. Uh, he was going, he was a part of the local writers group. We got him involved with them, you know, a variety of different things that we mm -hmm. got. Um, we started started him at and then yeah. he just took it and he ran with it you know right, and he right. did some yeah. excellent stuff and i think like he was always a writer but when he was in that time period of his life it was like uh -huh. he doubled down on it he had a yeah. real passion yeah. for it he really wanted to leave this mark and he did and so when he passed we inherited the rights to those works mm -hmm. yeah and you know there's no obligation he said but it would be really nice if you guys end up you know publishing <laughs> it for me yes, so of yes. course you know we want to do that Right. Boy, that was a lot of work putting that trilogy together mm. because it wasn't on computer. Okay. <laughs> so they yeah, had all yeah. of these printed old school. Yeah, printed wow. binders and loose leaf boxes yeah. and file yeah. folders and a few um booklets that he had put together for yeah. gifts and yeah. things like yeah. that. So I had to go through all of this and then go back because I'd find something that was uh, he had made a change or an update on mm -hmm. it. So like, okay, go back, find it you know, and type that in. And so it took about three months of transcribing yeah, all of yeah, this stuff yeah, yeah. in wow. between my other work. My hands were aching, but mm. it was it was a real pleasure to do. Yeah. And it ended up being enough content for three different books. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Frank's Tales, which is, you know, his stories. Mm -hmm. And then there's Frank's um, uh, Wanderings. And that's where he, we're sharing more of his photography okay. collections. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, his poetry collection as well. There's, I think, about uh, 287 poems, if I remember wow. correctly, in yeah. that book. Yeah. So yeah. There, it's a lot in yes. there. And yes. phenomenal, phenomenal writer. Um, <laughs> so, like, really, I, I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot about history, too, like the family yes. members that are yeah. included in his yeah. short stories. Yeah. In incredible learning about what it was like to grow up during the depression what women went through back you know because mm, his mother's yeah. memoirs in there too like right, right. Uh, dave's grandmother that would be uh -huh. um her memoirs in there too she was raised in romania in a little okay. tiny village right mm. and in those days it was really common for yeah. the youth to be sent off into servitude because right, poor, right. right yeah so yeah. go help out the family go get this job so here she is 12 years old uh, you know shipped off to this family to go help them with their children mm -hmm. and that was normal back then later on she finds out that dave's dad uh dave's grandfather mm -hmm. was in need of a mother yeah. uh, a, a wife a yeah. mother to the children that were left behind because okay. his his wife had passed and so she comes uh, a you know train and then boat and then train and then she meets up with the family and then travels to alberta and then from there they move to bc and raise their children there but incredible stories that she wow. went through during yeah. her yeah. youth and yeah. in the villages and all the different you know 
things that women went through were incredibly difficult back then, you know, yeah. really, really difficult. And to hear that like firsthand was pretty darn cool. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks for sharing. Um, yeah. I'm looking at something here and, and I'm thinking you guys are into so much good stuff. You have been acknowledged for the intensive landscaping work that you have done on your property by the Canadian Wildlife Federation, the Pollinator Partnership, and the North American Butterfly Association, and the National Wildlife Federation. What have you guys done, Lilia, to get all this attention? <laughs> I mean, I can imagine it must be really unusual, all the landscaping stuff. How did that happen? Mm, well, you know, I think that uh, the uh, having grown this huge passion for uh -huh. being in gardening yeah. and having you know I ran uh, a, like a five acre garden at a spa I yeah. worked um, I ran a, um, a market garden I helped my family farm with their five acres and we had a, a market garden there as well so I had a lot of experience um, in my youth and, and younger yeah. years yeah. Yeah. with like witnessing how uh, the impact that gardeners can have Okay. And eventually I became connected to these various uh, organizations because of the work that we were doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, initially starting on the family farm, but branching out from there. And um, so I learned slowly uh, how, how important it was and how easy it was to create these uh, beautiful food forest habitats mm -hmm. that you're feeding yourself, but you're also benefiting the planet. Okay. benefiting okay. pollinators yeah yeah and so we really started to focus on that our very first we did it with you know we were always renters you know so mm -hmm. all the time we were renting we were doing yeah. it at rentals but you can only you're only there two to three years at a time usually at a rental so how much can you do our very first home we we were there for i think six years and it was an abused lot that mm -hmm. was a rental home so people were driving okay. on their on yeah. the lawn there was yeah. no fence yeah. or anything and we turned that into a cottage oasis and it gained certification there. And then okay. we took that knowledge. And when we bought this house, it was also a rental, also a yard that was totally abused. And so we started from scratch here, you know, just first year witnessing what is going on on the property. Where's the wet spots? Where's the dry spots? You know, where are the common traffic areas? What are the most difficult areas to maintain? That yeah. might be the place we want to put a tiered bed or something, okay. right? Okay. So we spent a while examining it. And we also gardened outside of our property. So the boulevard, mm. which we have to maintain, the city makes us maintain, we planted all kinds of trees and shrubs there as well. Yeah. So, you know, and we fenced the entire property. Most people only fence a portion of their property. Mm -hmm. We fenced everything except for the actual driveway going yeah. into the into the garage. Right. And so the entire place is being gardened on, including in the back alley where we're going to um, extend a, a wildflower Okay. Uh, area out there along the back alley fence there's a section you know that always yeah, gets weeds yeah, so we're like yeah. we, we don't want to have to deal with that we're putting some okay. wildflowers there so you know you just slowly over the years we've been on this property i think 12 years now yeah and yeah. we've got i think certification with six different places and okay um we've been in the media and the local uh magazine uh, i love creston magazine and, and a few other places to highlight it in order to encourage other people to do the same thing. It wow. draws a lot of interest, you know, mm -hmm. and it's yeah. so amazing. Like when you, when we witness 
people just walking by and being inspired by what they're seeing and the conversations yes. that yeah. it stimulates yeah. Yeah. with passerbys and ourselves when we're in the yard. And I mean, there's so many benefits to gardening. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for sharing, Lillian. What does the future look like for Brummet Media Group in terms of the networking that you plan to do, maybe extension of the blogs? I know you said there are more books coming in, but more so in terms of the broader picture, are there any specific plans that you have for outreach, maybe community development programs or more networking? What does the future look like for Brummet Media Group? Mm. You know, those are really good questions. This year, I'm focusing a lot on networking with uh, local BC authors. Yeah. I started a, a Monday Writers Meetup group, which is here on Zoom, and it's just for BC authors. So we're trying okay. to network a lot more with locals, mm -hmm. which isn't something that we have concentrated on in the past. So it's an okay. interesting journey to really get to know the people who are in the industry right, right. here around me instead yes. of all over the world, because it's always <laughs> been all over the world. Yeah, right? so yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting. And I find that to them, I'm becoming like a mentor and a guru, which is mm -hmm. a neat place to be, to be able yeah. to help other people and advise them and that. Um, also our focus, like where we're going after the trilogy comes out yeah. and yeah. after the backyard garden car Book, mm -hmm. cookbook, or book comes out next year is we're heading into more the e-course okay. arena okay. Yeah. so we'd like to take some of the books that we've already published mm -hmm. and not only release them in um more formats than they are already yeah. in but we all would also like to convert uh the garden book and the purple snowflake book into an e-course each all right. an e-course yeah. Yeah. um yeah. and we're looking at taking dave's percussion accessories that he's developed and designed created mm -hmm. invented and and uh starting an e uh commerce store yeah um and so in order to do all of that over the last few years uh last couple of years i've taken probably about 7 courses in okay, uh, okay. like yeah. how to go about e-commerce yeah, and how yeah. to develop this arena and what do I need right. to do now in yeah, order to lead yeah. up to that right right and right. so um, we're taking those steps slowly because we still have so much in our schedule we uh, take in okay well we can start incorporating this and then we can start incorporating that but the main goal is going to be in that direction absolutely wow wonderful thanks for sharing Lillian in terms of mentorship um, are you doing any specific mentorship with regards to young people in your area? Any program that you're involved in, in terms of media, writing, poetry, networking and stuff? No, I haven't done anything like that. The only time I've ever done anything like that, like I'm super shy, so I'm really good <laughs> in my office. I'm just, I'm just crap when it comes to being around people. Right. I get okay. really, you know, I get boxy skin uh, myself. Oh my boy. husband is the one who goes into around people. So anything right. that's public, like book signings, or uh -huh. he has to deal with managers of a store or do a workshop or uh -huh. anything like that, he's the face that they see. He's okay. very comfortable and he's very charming, you know, and he can handle <laughs> groups of people and yeah. he's used to being on stage. I'm terrified of that. Like <laughs> any more than two people, that's just totally uncomfortable for me. Oh, okay. Um, so know that I haven't done that. The one mm -hmm. time I participated in an event with Dave, which was, yeah. I felt a complete disaster. Um, 
I I started having panic attacks. I get panic Whoa. attacks. I started having panic attacks. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it was a classroom, like a high school classroom, which is silly. Mm -hmm. Why am I getting so yes, worried about it, yes, right? But I got yes. so upset and I started having panic attacks and he had to take over because we had this thing. Mm. Okay, you're going to say this. I'm going to say that. Okay. So I'm over there in the corner trying to breathe and Dave's like, wow. wow. Yeah, it, it didn't, oh, I, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do those anymore. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Oh my <laughs> wow so you got this challenge with uh panic attacks wow yeah it's it's actually the name of it is is called an anxiety disorder yeah it's yeah, just yeah, what it's yeah. called but one of the um effects of that is getting a panic attack yeah yeah okay wow yeah. challenging okay uh lillian in terms of an opportunity that let's let's just imagine that you have an opportunity to say something to the world we have probably about eight billion people on the planet and not everybody is getting a fair share of what we would call the human rights so to speak there are so many discrepancies going on in the world I mean, we don't need to go into all the areas but we know that they exist if there's something that you you could say that would probably set things right and have minds focus on um a sort of reality situation where every individual actually gets the opportunity to enjoy their right, their freedom as a human being, as a person, as, as someone who belongs on planet Earth. What would you say to them? You know, I created a video on our Bremit Media YouTube channel that's right. very much along this lines, And okay. I'm really glad that you brought this up. It's one of our most popular uh, videos right. on that channel and it's about our perception mm. so i really feel that um we as an individual i mm -hmm. as an individual have a very narrow view yeah. of any moment of every breath i have yeah. a very narrow view and okay. that narrow view is tainted by the yeah. thoughts that are going on in my head yeah. by the mood that i have right and all these other different things are impacting how I'm perceiving that little tiny fraction of a view that I have. Right. And I'm not seeing the whole picture. Mm -hmm. And so in my head, I'm telling myself stories. We all do this yeah. every single yeah. day. We're filling yeah. in the blanks. We're telling our own stories about what this means, what this, what this represents. Yes. And yet most of those stories are false. <laughs> and so I think we yeah. have to slow down mm -hmm. and try to have a little bit more compassion a little bit of more awareness that we don't know what their life is like. We don't know yeah. what their struggles are, the garbage yeah. truck that they're pulling behind them, the uh -huh. weight that they have on their shoulders, yeah. the abuse that they went through that they haven't recovered from, wow. the financial stress that's on their shoulders. <laughs> and then they turn around and they snap at someone and we just automatically judge them. Oh, what a jerk, you know? Yeah. But then we don't know where they're coming from, All right. what kind of pressures they're having, what the weight... And so have a little more compassion for people. Mm, Try yeah. not to be so judgmental because think about yourself. Like we beat up on ourselves all the time, right? We're our own worst judge. Yeah, so yeah. the harder we are on ourselves, that also reflects on how we are with other people. So be kind to yourself. You find you're going to start being kinder to other people as well. I think that's really what we need to do. Slow down, you yeah. know, take yeah. take some time, you know, and maybe mm -hmm. ask some questions before you start making judgments. Right. Um, another thing that uh, has always sort of like bothered me mm -hmm. is uh, the tendency for humans 
to uh, point fingers and make, you know, their fault. That person should take responsibility. Why aren't they doing something, you know, instead of rolling up our sleeves, right? And saying, okay, what can I do right Right. now today? What can I do to make this? Never mind what everybody else is doing. Mm. That's not my business, right? Me, right here, now, what can I do? And that's where we need to start to focus. I mean, just the other day, I I shared this post on Facebook where this group of people are cleaning up this creek that's going through a a city. Mm -hmm. And this creek is pretty deep, deep ditch. And all of this garbage keeps flowing inside of this creek. And a group of people got tired of it. So they went down there starting to clean it up. And they put these barriers to keep it from flowing to the ocean and all of this. They're being very proactive about it. And one of the comments I got on there was someone said, oh, you know, look at all the waste and how horrible and awful and blah, blah, blah. And it's too bad these people have to do that. And I responded like, well, yes, but, you know, let's take a a step back. You know, it's not like people are taking a piece of garbage and throwing it into that creek. What happens is is it ends up litter on our streets, comes out of our cars, comes out of uncovered bins, careless garbage collectors, right? All of this gets cluttered around, lands on the street, and from there it's carried by the wind and water runoff Mm -hmm. where it gathers into these piles and creates these homes for mosquitoes and pathogens and all this other stuff. And eventually it makes its way into the creeks, the streams, the waterways, the rivers, than the oceans so it's really a lot Uh of upstream it's not like somebody walking by and saying i'm throwing my garbage in there that's not exactly what's happening and so we need to acknowledge that but we also need to acknowledge the fact that every time we've walked by a piece of garbage on that street have we Mm. taken responsibility for it not going into that water stream yeah and then the other side of that as well is isn't it great that these people are doing this and Ah, making an incredible difference yes and they're taking so much waste out of there and protecting the creek and they're showing like months later there's fish back in that creek i mean what a rewarding feeling frogs singing that haven't you haven't heard their voices in years birds coming back because they did that work and isn't that great and so I think change our perception instead of being so negative try to see things from maybe a different angle and celebrate the goodness Wow, that's powerful stuff, Lillian. That is really amazing. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. That's really, that's a refreshing and uplifting outlook on things. And, and we need to have that kind of attitude, that kind of, you know, let, let me take on the responsibility. If I see something that needs to be done, don't wait on somebody else to do it. If I yes. can do something about it myself, hey, just do it. Mm-hmm. And things would get better eventually. But Somehow it just doesn't work out that way. So we are coming to the end of our show, but I want to ask Lillian an important question. And I think that it would resonate with a lot of people. There are a lot of young people, Lillian, that are looking to go into business Mm -hmm. and they need advice. They need mentoring. They need someone to help them. What are the steps that we should take in terms of getting into business and how should we profile ourselves? How, how could we market ourselves, promote ourselves by using social media and all the, the other available outlets out there? How can we put it together? How can we do it? Well, that's a huge question, but I'm going to start with saying that it's really important to make sure that your business is and all your business activities align with your personal beliefs, whatever okay. that might be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, a lot of it has to do with the environment, right? Mm-hmm. So all of my business contacts, do they align 
okay. with my business? Who okay. I'm buying from? Who are yeah. my suppliers? Who yeah. am I outsourcing to? Do they align with my business? Are they doing great things in the world? Right. You know, right. Uh, another thing that you want to do is when it comes to your social networking and your social media sites mm -hmm. is to make sure that all of those, to use the same word, are aligned yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that when you go from one place to another, the logo mm -hmm. is always the same. The colors okay. are all the same. The theme okay. is the same. Your yeah. language is the same. And so people can say, yep, that's Lillian when they go there. Oh yeah, that's right. Lillian. I recognize right. her. Yeah. Just instant recognition. You want yeah. that brand recognition instantly. Uh, the next thing that I would say is the most effective use of my time when mm -hmm. it comes to marketing and promoting has yeah. always been with the focus of networking and collaborating. Okay. Rather yeah. than coming at it from the sense of I'm selling myself Yeah. or yeah. I want you to do something for me. Mm. Everyone that I come in contact with, I have a mindset of uh, networking and collaborating. And the third thing I would do is when you start feeling emotional, we all do about our business, mm -hmm. getting stressed or upset about anything at all, yeah. um, step back, take a moment uh -huh. so that you're not coming at it from an emotional point of view. Try to calm that down and put on your solution mindset. Okay. How okay. can I manage the situation? Does mm -hmm. it mean I have to go this way? Does it mean I have to go this way? Do, yeah. You know, what do I need to do? to make this situation work or get around this situation or deal with right, this right. rather than getting all upset about mm. something that somebody else did or didn't work out or whatever. So try to think of things with a solution mindset and you're going to have a lot more success in your life. Yeah. Wonderful. It's a great note to end this episode on. That is amazing advice. Thank you so <laughs> much for sharing Lillian. You're welcome. And I know that that, that is going to make a difference to someone who's going to hear this program later on. So we have been in the company of Lillian Brummett. Um, she is part owner of the Brummett Media Group together with her husband, Dave, the man who deals with the drums and the percussions and stuff. An amazing couple and they've been doing so many wonderful things uh, through the media, poems, writing, artwork, even in the communities where they live in BC. So it's a wonderful experience. And at this time, Lillian, we just want to give you a minute to tell the people how they can get in touch with you. If they need to get your books, where they can get the books, they need your services, your advice. They want to collaborate with you. They want to network with you or they need you to speak. They have to show up at some sort of network, uh, workshop, whatever it is, just sell yourself now. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Andy. I appreciate wonderful, that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, you all of our books are available on Amazon and uh, the ones that are coming out this summer as well will also be available there. So any country, anywhere can go to their local Amazon and just look up Lillian and Dave Brummett, B-R-U-M-M-E-T, yeah. and you'll find a list of all of our books from there. You'll also see our author central page. Our, my name should be hyperlinked. And if you click on that, it'll take you to more information about our work as writers um, from that point forward. I would also encourage people to go to uh, consciousdiscussions.blogspot.com. That's the address for our main blog, Brummett's uh, Conscious Blog. And when they go there, they're going to see right at the top, there's several pages available, not just where I have all the recent posts and stuff like that on the main page, but it, all right along the top, there's several pages. 
And one of those is the about page. There's another that is called work with us. So those are the two that I would check out if you're interested in learning how to work with us or connect with us, submit to the blog or uh, learn about any of the various things that we do, it'll all be available on those two pages for sure. Also on the right-hand side of that blog, you'll see a bunch of links to find us online too. Yeah, great. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing. So now they know how to make contact with you and Dave in the Bromit Media Group. So we have been in the presence of Lillian Bromit of the Bromit Media Group, and she's been sharing some wonderful and valuable information about networking, collaboration, poetry, arts, and the wonderful work that they're doing in the communities in BC. So we want to remind you that your story matter and that your story makes a difference. And that as Lillian would have said before, if you see something needs fixing, roll up your sleeves if you have to and get it done. Cause I always say we need to be the change that we desire to see in the world. As change agents, it starts with us. So this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development in the breakout room with Lillian Bromet. And we want to say to you, continue to work towards health, happiness, and prosperity. Until next time, we are saying so long, shalom, Godspeed, namaste. Bye for now.